0: Hi everybody and welcome back to our next podcast of Better Me, Better Us. My name is Hayley Muir and I am joined by my wonderful colleague, Vicky. Hi Vicky. Morning, how
1: are you? How has the last month been?
0: Uh, How has it been?
1: I think it's been busy and I think all of a sudden it feels very dark. Yes, I (laughs) hate the dark nights and dark mornings. It just feels so depressing, doesn't it? I think
0: a lot of people probably share your views and I was thinking about that just when I was I was sitting last night thinking about us doing this podcast because I know we're going to talk about the season and what it means for lots of different people. Um, And it did get me to thinking about people's low mood because the winter quite often does change how people
1: feel, how how much energy they have, how much they feel they can achieve. It's so strange, isn't it? Because in the summer, if someone was like, do you want to go out and do something on an evening? I'm like, yes, because it's still light. And in the winter, I'm like, oh, no, it is dark. I should have my pyjamas on and be indoors. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So put the heating on and and get something beige to eat and then watch some rubbish. And uh, I know of a colleague of mine, an old colleague of mine, she lives in Australia and I have visited there once. And I think I was telling you when I came back. You just can't help but change your your lifestyle because it's light, it's hot, so you're up, you're swimming. I mean, I was drinking green juice, Vicky. I wasn't eating <laughs> pies. I was drinking green juice. Who am I? I know what has happened to me. Um, back to normality anyway. So, yeah, today we thought we would sort of talk about the change in season. We've just mentioned the sort of uh darker nights. What that means, one, of you're a parent and your kids are out more, or what that might mean. Um, again for your mood and we just wanted to talk about and, and just slow down our thinking really around this season it is the season to be merry uh we're not quite in december but um all of the adverts have started as soon as halloween was over i know i was noticed. gonna say it's
1: in the shops isn't it it's on the telly and everything
0: and i started christmas shopping i'm sorry i'm sorry oh, if I'm i disappointed anybody
1: oh, all right show off okay <laughs> i'm not even
0: <laughs> okay um and just thinking about that, I think Vicky and I, we've both talked about what it means for us this season and being part of our families, but also what we recognise this season means for a lot of the children, young people and families that we either do work with or have worked with. And we're also very conscious that we're on the a and podcast. And so many of the listeners today may also have different family members that experience this season in different ways. So if you're a blended family, have adoptive children, foster children in your home.
1: And it's really interesting. And I know we've stressed the um the season and it being winter and dark nights, but actually I think there's something about um that loneliness, that big L-word, is there for people all year round. But for me especially, I, I'm more aware of it in the in the winter and when there's so much um so much about in terms of people making memories together as families yeah um and something I'm really mindful of and I know I've shared with you recently that um my granddad died oh a couple of weeks ago now and it made me really reflect on the older generation and how yeah. there's a lot of I know last podcast we talked about parenting and whose responsibility it is to help bring up par- bring up parents to bring up <laughs> children but there's that older generation, isn't there? And there's a lot of old people that can go days, weeks, months without yeah. seeing anybody. And actually with these darker nights and shorter days, that how does that feel for those people that don't have anybody and linking it to the ANF network for birth families? Yeah. How does it feel for those birth families that aren't with their children, that will be sort of perhaps wondering, what is this season like for them? What will they be getting this Christmas? What are they achieving? um yes yeah, so much to think about at a time when people are really pushing for that oh it's so exciting it's so happy what are you doing yeah. for Christmas who are you spending it with where are you going
0: yeah and for some people it's the complete opposite isn't it mm-hmm. it's it's that anniversary it's that trigger of memories like you just said maybe even questions are they thinking of me do they remember me on this special day whilst they're wherever they may be um And I guess linking it to what we said last time, so you just mentioned, we did talk about whose responsibility is it to bring up children. And we talked about community, parents, networks, um, different cultures as well, have very different thoughts and feelings around this, don't they? Um, And it did lead us on to thinking about, well, a couple of things came to mind. Vicky and I are both women of a certain age. I know you can't believe it, but it's true. I'm slightly older, only a little bit. Quite I'm <laughs> <laughs> But Vicky and I were having a conversation as well, weren't we, about how we feel both of us very lucky, yeah, to have had our grandparents until
1: Absolutely.
0: such an adult age. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely having grandparents as such um, to this age and adulthood. <laughs> but equally really reflected that there's lots of young people, um, both fostered and adopted, that perhaps have older parents for whatever mm. reasons. And again, I suppose that brings up a lot of loss in that process, doesn't it? There's quite a few that I'm aware of anyway, adopters that have gone down other journeys to start with in terms of creating families. And there's a lot of loss and trauma that comes with that. So yeah. that when they get to the place, perhaps not for all, but perhaps of adopting, they are slightly older parents, which means that their network or that family system is already smaller. Grandparents might not be around or grandparents might not be as mobile as they once yeah. were able to help. I know my grandparents have, were really heavily involved and you'd spend weekends with them and, and do activities with them, where for some people that is just not possible, is it, due to age?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that I think that's your view of that is life in general, isn't it? You know, if I think about my my own grandparents, they were getting married at 17 and having children. Um, I have a daughter who's 18. My goodness, no way. Um, <laughs> so, You know, one for her and two for me. Uh, we're certainly not ready to go down that route. So, you know, because and then that's linked to society and the opportunities that women now have can go out into the workplace. You know, so we live in a different a whole different society now from what was recognizable perhaps to when we were children. Um, and I think linking it again to whose responsibility is it to bring up children or to care for vulnerable people mm-hmm. in our society and or older people as well. You know, I, I always do still come back to community networks, you know, thinking about your own experience Um my family were in the forces. We traveled a lot. So I went I went to boarding school. So actually, who parented me? Mm-hmm. My parents did, but so did school because they lived abroad on holidays. I went to my nana's. So it was my nana and my aunties and uncles that lived there as well. So there were lots of people involved in the care and shaping the human that I became. Um, and I think it's no different, is it,
1: for... For all of these people that we work with, for, for everybody really. But it's asking people, isn't it? It's um, one approach doesn't doesn't fit everybody, does it? So it's asking those individuals what they want, what they need. How would what would help them feel like they belong to a family, to a community? Because I was just thinking then in terms of um, my gran being in her eighties, she's not a very sociable person. <laughs> and so actually, if people were there all the time, that would feel too much for us. So it's very yeah. much asking people, isn't it? What do you need? How frequently do you want us to make contact? Do you want us to pop in? And that doesn't just apply to the elderly, does it? It applies to to everybody. We're all very different. So what belonging looks like for one of us absolutely will not apply to everybody
0: yeah 100% I mean there's people I know love nothing more than somebody just rocking up to their house and it's like hi ah, was just passing by yeah. and it really, that is my worst nightmare I wasn't expecting <laughs> you <laughs> like I'm not ready for you I feel like it, you know and again it's just something very little but it's different views yeah. isn't it uh-huh. um and I loved it. when you were speaking there you were talking about what would it look like for you how would it be helpful for you if you were connected or had that sense of belonging so like you were saying for your grandma that might look very different to maybe my grandma who was very sociable I mean if she could be out all day she would be Mm -hmm. um but again if we're talking about um families in general even within your family network so even within your household like you've said that looks different for different uh-huh. people. You know, mm-hmm. I have two girls and connection and belonging for them still looks very different. How one of them spends time with their grandparents is different to the, how the other uh-huh. one does. Uh-huh. Um, and that's their sense of belonging and helps them with their identities. And 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 I guess they're making the choice of what's important, influence in their life at the moment. Um, but equally, I think that's good for their grandparents because uh-huh. their grandparents are going out regularly with their grandchildren they're keeping connected to what are young people talking about these days what are they doing what are you interested in um so again it's that connection and belonging and it happens in so many different ways
1: and I noticed some of the examples you were giving there they're all sort of nice enjoyable pleasant interactions and connections aren't they and it made me think if those interactions involved trauma or loss would they still happen? Because I know we've spoken about this before, but people get so uncomfortable, don't they? And that's their uh, discomfort around trauma and loss. So when someone dies, they might, are you all right? Especially in the initial days or weeks, but actually who is there every year that's checking in and still talking about the, the loved ones that are no longer with us? Some people find that really difficult and shy away from that which then feeds into that person's sense of loneliness doesn't it actually I have experienced a trauma I am not welcome or the certain parts of me or my history that are not embraced and I cannot talk about and that can feel really isolating.
0: Yeah and it's really hard when you recognize you've made other people around you feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because then you have a sense of guilt and shame Um, and a lot of our children and young people that we work with they will often test us out, won't they? You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm about to get a social work student, and I'm, something I'm always talking about is our non-verbals as well as our verbals, because kids are watching you. When mm-hmm. they drop something in your lap, they are watching what your verbal and non-verbal responses mm-hmm. are, aren't they? That's and if so- we look shocked or oh wow, that that's terrible, that should never have happened. I know that's a natural response for us, but actually, a child that can give them a message that. You've hurt me. You've upset me. That's hard for me to hear. Oh, my gosh. I am now so worried. And that child feels that burden that they've
1: passed that on to you. Absolutely. And they start to sort of block that off, don't they, or withhold that. And it really feeds into their conditions of worth. People like me when, when I'm a happy, playful, regulated child, adult, whatever. And actually, if I'm not like that, people don't want to be around me. So I have to perform yeah. That's really and, sad isn't it and we see a lot of I wasn't say children and young people, a lot of people and individuals in general that have to perform to feel like they're embraced by their community.
0: Yeah, we we've we've seen that a lot, haven't we? Where, you know, and again, we work with such a variety of people, um, you know, professionals overachieving. Um, and and we will often think because of the therapeutic lens that you bring into to, to our world now, you know, I'm the social worker, but with that therapeutic lens as well, what's that about? Mm-hmm. You know, it lends us to ask those questions, isn't it? And we recognize that. But I guess for a lot of people, again, those overachievers will be seen in a certain way by friends and colleagues they're, oh, here she goes again. Mm-hmm. You know so again, that brings being great bring some negative slants to it sometimes. Oh, look at Vicky. She's amazing. My name's Vicky. I can do this and that. And, you know, so again, there's that, that we have such a responsibility of how we present ourselves, don't we? That's what we feel like. But let's flip it back to children and young people. They shouldn't have that responsibility. We should have that responsibility as adults to, to create those environments, I guess, where, we are giving very clear and strong messages that it's okay to feel anyway you feel and we can talk about this and get through
1: this absolutely and it's reaching out isn't it and checking in with people like we referenced earlier but repeatedly checking in just because someone doesn't want to be a part of something or doesn't want to share something in that moment yeah doesn't mean that is it and that's fixed forever it's it's repeating and revisiting situations isn't it
0: well, life is so fluid, isn't it? I mean, Absolutely. you know who I was 20 years ago compared to who I am now, and that's been my social work career and and that's changed who I am so much. So our families are the same. children and young people are the same. I mean, gosh, you know, if I look at my youngest, who she was a couple of years ago, she's totally not that person now because because that's was her going through her developmental stages. and that's okay. Life is fluid. We do change but i think the important message that you've said and if we come back to it's a lonelier time of year for some people although it's happy for lots of other people it's about checking in and i know a word that we both both hate but those stable loving homes you know even though it's stable at the moment linking it to what we've just said that life is fluid it there might become a time where it is less stable mm-hmm. so thinking about that how can we help people feel connected And like they belong so that they can get through those difficult challenges as well
1: and not making assumptions and really yeah i know we often talk about sort of drilling down and seeing behind the the front sort of thing because actually what we perceive to be a safe loving home may not be behind closed doors or equally might be but that child young person's needs still might not be met
0: yes and and back to your message as well that Actually, behaviour is communication. So even when it looks like a difficult family or a difficult time in that family's life, because a a child or somebody in that family is struggling with their behaviour, remember, life is fluid. It will get better. This is communication.
1: And it's made me reflect then on when we think of some what might be viewed as dysfunctional families in those communities. Good God, at times of difficulty, they absolutely pull together. Yes, Mm -hmm. it might not be done in the safest or healthiest ways, but they absolutely embrace people, look out for people, provide meals, childcare, whatever. And actually, that doesn't happen in all communities, does it? So maybe we need to learn from those around us, don't we, and how people are doing things differently and what is working. And look at different cultures. You know, again, when we
0: talk about belonging and that sense of connection, I lived in Japan. I was lucky enough to live in Japan and and visit other parts of Asia. And the way that um, our or they view their older relatives is so respectful. And so, you know, they are the most important people in that family. Um, And the the way that families are set up, the way that restaurants, the, the whole culture, it's about your elders and respecting what has come and happened before you so you know the culture there is to absolutely keep your old people belonging and if we think about the African proverb which I use in my training all of the time around networks it takes a village to raise a child it's it, and again these are cultural norms in different areas of the world cultural norms in the UK have changed a lot haven't they Absolutely, yeah. And you even talking about the communities and and you know some of our communities still exist, but a lot of them have been sort of changed, haven't they, to to create this nicer looking world
1: that we live in. But thinking back to that C-word and COVID times, actually to <laughs> some extent, that um brought communities together, didn't it? In, in some ways. Um no, did. looking out for neighbors and checking in and and things like that and it was actually really lovely to see people pulling together because at the heart of everything and something we repeatedly say and we said even before (laughs) we started this record today when I was expressing my frustrations with some of the systems that we work within it's about being human
0: yeah
1: and just bringing the human to everything you do because regardless of policies practices what um socioeconomic backgrounds people are from it's just being human.
0: Just be nice. Yeah. Just be, just be a good, decent person. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree with you. It's doesn't matter who you are. It's just about being decent. I always think just, you know, just do the right
1: thing. Whereas my nanny used to say, keep your side of the street tidy. Being decent, but equally, I was just thinking then, Pause before you react because I think everybody is so stressed, overwhelmed, overworked at the moment that people are projecting their feelings onto others and reacting and snapping and offloading. Pause before you interact with people, just pause just for a split second so that you're not dumping your stuff onto someone else.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And bear in mind what's happening in the world at the moment. You know, it feels, you know, I'm just thinking even this weekend. Um, I'm just thinking when we post it. So this will be, we've just passed Hoppy Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's a big d- discussion now, isn't there, about the um, marches for, for Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because what I am seeing is I'm seeing a lot of empathy and compassion, but I'm also seeing a lot of people, like you said, not being kind, taking their positions and and pushing their views onto other people. I always do think, and you said the C word, how dare you bring that back up? But, you know, I do think back to the C word times <clears throat> and the whole world was proclaiming that they were going to be better. And it was beautiful because we did see some great stuff happening in terms of communities and 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 things that have stuck. Some of that stuff is, is still around. But you've just mentioned it again. Life is different post-COVID. People are much more stressed. We've talked about it. Our workloads have seemed to have increased. Um, and I don't know if there is something in there about that trauma from the C word mm-hmm. is now playing out. And people are feeling that, you know, and, and, and life is difficult. And they had such a – that was such a unique experience we all had in our life. I guess this is, this is part of the more your sort of bag how people deal with trauma, how they come out of trauma the other side, how they
1: reflect it, how how it influences how they move forward. And it's about having people around us to support us through that, to process it. But equally, I wonder as a, as a country, as a nation, have <laughs> we had the opportunity to do that? Because yes, we've had COVID, but we've gone straight into so many other, maybe not directly in our country, but seeing yeah. so many traumatic events happening, what feels to be almost daily. There just doesn't yeah. seem to be any, any respite from that at all, that there is trauma happening everywhere and we're seeing it on our tellies. And yeah, I was then thinking back to wondering which weekend you were going to mention, but equally it's <laughs> the bonfire night, wasn't it? Last weekend. Yeah. And sort of for people with PTSD, how triggering that can be. And actually we're seeing very much real war, situations happening on our tellies and how triggering that is going to be for people because there is especially for the older generation perhaps it reminds them of of their experience but yes it's it's just being mindful isn't it that we're all going to be experiencing things so differently and I guess to take it back to what we started with that for many and for many children perhaps more so than or not more so but we're probably more mindful of children being really excited about about christmas and this lovely festive time that's coming up but i'd invite people to have a think and look to those around them to see what other people's experiences are and to really embrace those people around them include them yeah people have that sense of belonging whether it's in the family in the community whatever that looks like and to not turn a blind eye Absolutely. Or, or to try and force people to be happy because actually we don't have to be happy just because it's Christmas and and some people are doesn't mean that we all have to experience it like that.
0: Yeah, it triggers different things for different people, doesn't it? It's all, all that different experience. And it's all that way back to, again, what we started with at the beginning, whose responsibility is it? It's all of our responsibility, isn't it? I, I, I feel, you know, I live close to some older women that live by themselves. I absolutely feel a little sense of responsibility of Our curtains aren't open today, or have has our kids been round, or you know whatever that is. Um, And also, you know, you were talking about what we were seeing daily on the news. I think the other thing that we see daily, and I'm not going down this route, we're not going political, but there since COVID, there has been a lot of political unrest and changes. Now, if you really wanted to do a parallel process, the government is our parents. Mm There are there are carers in this country. So it's their responsibility to look after this country. So, you know, it is a shared responsibility. We all should be looking out for each other. Um, If you want to look after just yourself, that's fine. But just remember, people will see that. Um, And it's always better to be part of a group.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's leave it there. I'm sure we've waffled enough. But <laughs> I'm going to play bingo with your
0: absolutes as well. I'm going to. I'm going to play. I've been this really back. conscious of that today. <laughs> well, I'd like somebody else to play it as well, and we'll we'll have a little uh, count off in in the chat after this. I think. Um, I need but to yeah.
1: think of a different word, don't I?
0: You do totally. <laughs> Maybe that could be a new one. <laughs> Um oh there's so much, isn't there? People say this, though as soon as the red light goes on, you just become somebody else. We could have a normal conversation and not be recorded. I'm sure we'd make much more sense. But as soon as you press record, it's something happens to people, doesn't it?
1: Well, we just love to talk, don't we? And I guess the main (laughs) sort of message or thing to take away from today, I would sort of say is have a great November, everybody. But I hope that it's whatever you need it to be and whatever feels right for you. Don't try and perform or be anything but you this november
0: absolutely have a good one and we will catch up with you next month
1: in december Um, oh
0: don't don't i can't be that old it can't be
1: going that quickly have a great we will wear festive jumpers and take a picture for our social media. oh you're
0: pushing it now vicky you're pushing it (laughs) (laughs) have a great day evening whatever wherever you are and uh, thanks for your time guys um and please do feel free to play absolutely bingo (laughs)
1: speak soon (laughs) bye bye